0: Welcome back to another episode of the Black Banner Podcast. Today, I have Mr. Johnny Dauburn, the owner of High Tides, and this man has done a lot of different things in his life, um, yeah. and I'm I'm really excited for you guys to listen in on this one, um, but first, I just want to, Johnny, thanks thanks for coming on well, Thanks today. for having me. Yeah, this is a pleasure. I want to just kind of flashback to when we first met. Um, I don't know how much you know, maybe I've told you, but you were the first person to look at one of my photos and say, hey, Dawson. You have potential here. Yeah. And you called it out of me. Oh. So, and I didn't tell you that. I was going to tell you this <laughs> yeah, on the mic. But yeah. the we, I took a photo of like this this coffee. I kind of, uh, I had my first camera that I bought. Um, and uh, I showed you this image. I went to High Tides. I just ran into you. Yeah. And your shop was incredible. I was like, this is crazy. And it wasn't yeah. even called High Tides. You no, know? it was just, just yeah. the Collective. Collective yep. X. Yeah. At that time. And um, you were like, this is a really good image. Yeah. And uh, you were like, you you took this yeah yeah I was like yeah, uh, I, was like, uh, yeah I did <laughs> and I was like nervous about it because I'm yeah. showing you my art for the first time right. I've never been like never really shared that right um, and you're like this is really good you're like you you have a gift mm. and I was like whoa cool yeah uh, and you like encouraging. you're like hey would you take some some photos of my stuff right uh, some my my products and you kind of gave me my first shot at photography it's amazing so one I just want to thank you for that yeah uh, you're because welcome. without that I truly believe like Black Banner wouldn't be here this wow. space wouldn't be here. That wow. was the first like kick that I needed to get started. That's amazing. So I, I had no idea. You
1: know, you don't know in the time what you know what what uh, influence you're going to have on others. You yes. Um. I do remember the potential and seeing that work. And I was, you know, you can tell right away with certain people how they they're going to excel. Um, equipment's one thing. Yes. Obviously, you have good good equipment, you can take a really nice photo. But the eye for photography and being able to, um. You know, really expand on that, and then pair that up with creativity. That was, I think, the next challenge I was throwing out to you. If I mm-hmm. recall, I remember um, it being stunning work. But then it was, okay, what story is it telling? what What are we trying to portray here? Or what can we do that's unexpected? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you were you you really pushed the gamut too. I, I, it was like trying different things that you're like I don't know what I'm doing but yes we're trying you it. came back with it and I remember it being really cool um, unexpected which was amazing and yeah. it was exactly where we were trying to you know define what collective X as a whole looked like what the brand voice was going to be um, so yeah that's amazing it's amazing to hear that you definitely it was a key component to defining what the collective, was at that point and what it would become so mm-hmm. equally we we owe that back to you but i'm i'm thrilled to hear that story because yeah. that's amazing <laughs> it's funny
0: because like yeah. looking back i was like brand new in the whole photography thing yeah and you had a ton of people that were coming in using your space or just right. like editing in your and you had a lot of creatives like mm-hmm. you I think intentionally brought in a lot of different photographers, videographers, right. graphic, you know, design. Like, you, all these creative type people, right. you brought them in. Yeah. And I think that was very intentional. Yeah. But they were like some seasoned veterans, I think in Kansas City at least. Sure, sure, yeah. I was very intimidated. Yeah. Um, especially just being like, I just got a camera. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't even know what aperture is. I don't know what my shutter speed is. Like, yeah. I just tried this thing and it's working. Yeah. Um, and I remember you gave me a kind of a quote or you said something to me like, are you ready for your work to be judged? And yeah. not in like a, Hey, let's like condemn this mm-hmm. work, but you're like, are you ready to show it to the public yeah. and like receive feedback? Right. Cause I think as an artist, you're, you're kind of protecting your, what you think you're creating. You're like, this is, I think it's good, but if I put it out in the world and everyone hates it, it might really like crush me inside. Yeah. But you're
1: not going to, yeah. And I think that's a question that every artist should be asking themselves, um, I'm glad I like you know pose that to you because I think a lot of people make the mistake that, oh, well, I, I'll put this out here and if I'm not getting any feedback on it, oh, that's a good thing. It's it's great the way it is. Or, you know, being afraid of that feedback to be negative and then you don't learn anything from it. Cause mm-hmm. I I truly believe that, you know, we we learn more from the things that aren't working. Than we do from the things that are perfect, and perfect is so such a falsehood, anyways. Yes. Like I don't think it really exists. Um, but uh, a lot of newer artists, you know, you'll see a portfolio, and this 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 is not just exclusive to photography, mm-hmm. um, illustration, design, whatever. You'll get you'll see a portfolio, and you can see all these finished pieces that you can tell that the person is putting this out there as if this is the end all be all. And mm-hmm. really they may be fine. They may be amazing, but it's really the foundation when you're you know looking at, it, or you've been out in the, in the industry for a while, you, you look at that work. I can see the foundational points of like, okay, what is it that they're really, what is the strengths? What are, mm-hmm. what are they really good at? and kind of get away from just that surface value of what you're seeing you know just in a single piece and um and sometimes you know it's real obvious I think in your case it was real obvious to to look at your 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 work and say okay this guy's got an eye for seeing things and capturing things and um knowing composition and things like that uh so yeah it was an easy thing for uh, you know me to throw out say okay well are you ready for the next steps? Because that—that that is what you have to do. You yeah. have to get past that and be able to to take a kick to the teeth and mm-hmm. and you know take your ego down a few notches mm-hmm. in order to then build yourself back up with actual substance. You know things that will make you better or, or you know are learning opportunities. So totally agree. Yeah,
0: I think you are very. Um good at calling those things out in people. Yeah. And I know for all the other creatives that were at Collective yeah. X during that time, they would speak very highly of you. Um, I don't know how much you knew that, but they loved you. They everyone would uh, got your back. So oh, that's um, cool. yeah. So one thing I do want to kind of transition into sure. is you know, I kind of want to hear a little bit about your story, your upbringing, yeah. um, and or how you kind of got to where you are today. Yeah. Because um, with High Tides, before it was even High Tides, and if I remember correctly, you were at Hallmark for a long time. That's
1: right. 25 years almost.
0: So, yeah, walk me through a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. So, went to the Art Institute. That's what brought me to Kansas City. Um, grew up in Detroit. Okay. So, um, you know, creative kid. Didn't know what to do with that art. You know, high school was... Um, Kind of rough for me it was not a great experience you know i had some decent teachers but didn't really have the teachers that would say oh here's what you need to do in order to make you know have a living on on -hmm. your skill set um so it wasn't till coming to kansas city that i really started to understand what i could do with that and then um got an internship my senior year with hallmark uh, it was kind of between Hallmark and Disney. I was, I had an opportunity to go to either or and heard some stories about the internship, how aggressive it was at Disney. So I decided to, you know, go with the Hallmark thing just because I was interested in specifically like, um, illustrative still type of work. And that seemed to to fit the bill of what they were wanting from me. So, um
0: what was your uh what was your creative like outlet or what was your your i would say your bread and butter at the time um well
1: yeah besides i was getting a little bit of money for the internship so they were paying me during while i was going to school that was good and then i was doing there was a company i can't even remember the name i think it was called sterling or something like that but they were a local company that made christmas ornaments mm-hmm. and i did Literally thousands of drawings of these ornaments for their catalogs. Huh. So this was pre-digital everything. So you're sketching things. Out. I was is drawing, it like
0: painting, or I
1: was pencil sketching them all, and then pen and ink. And then they were making black and white copy. They, you know, they would mm-hmm. take my drawing and they would format them into a catalog for the vendors that were buying these ornaments. Very interesting. And um, what's interesting about that is that. As tedious as that work was, and how poorly I was paid—I think I got like fifteen dollars a drawing or something like. It was ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was great at the time, you know. And I would do, any, you know, they'd hand me a giant box of ornaments and be like, "Here, we need these by X date, right?" And I would add it all up. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be like two hundred dollars. This is amazing. Or this is going to be four hundred dollars." Like. And it was a ton of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but but what was great about it that I didn't realize at the time was that repetition and really looking at these three-dimensional forms and trying to translate that into a 2D illustration, you know, um, it really refined that drawing skill more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing sketchbooks and my class exercises yep. and all that. So it was just like furthering that um, – repetitive growing you know your strength um exercise even more than what I even realized that I just was doing it for the bucks you know but um I look back now and it and it's funny because I've gotten other jobs since then that has paid really well for the same kind of work Mm -hmm. I did um years back before they were bought out by a bigger company uh dollar shave club Mm -hmm. i don't know if you ever heard of them but i did all their illustrations no way so for their for their logos their camp social campaigns their printables their boxes you i mean you yeah for their their headquarters i did stuff for their walls um thousands of drawings but it was interesting because that was very parallel to this early work Mm -hmm. except dollar shave club paid really well per illustration. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. But I think some of that, I go back to like, okay, that experience, that early experience doing that really tough stuff, actually, uh, you know, teed me up for yes. that work later on that I couldn't have foreseen coming, yep. you know? Um, and I know we were talking earlier about that. It's like, you just don't know how that experience is going to come back and and be used in it in a way that's useful um it's cool. It's that is just cool. a very cool
0: thing. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And and is Dollar Shape Club is that do they still use your designs? Um, I they got bought out by I think it was like Unilever, which
1: is like a big massive corporation. And when that happened, they
0: they Rebrand?
1: changed yeah, they rebranded, they changed everything. I don't even know if their the location that they had. It was at the time it was in Venice Beach. And um
0: that's pretty cool still.
1: Oh, yeah. It was amazing. You know, we got to hang out with, you know, Michael Dubin, who was the owner at the time. He was the guy that was doing, like, the commercials where they were kind of the funny, um, irreverent stuff. And, you know, you'd go and he'd be there and you'd, you'd be like, Johnny, come over here. Let's play play some ping pong and we'd play ping pong before we'd actually do any business, you know, and I it love was, that. and it was in like an, at that time it was like in an old firehouse that they had converted into these offices. And there was a courtyard with a ping pong table and they, you know, beers and, and they just, I don't know. it's just a really cool vibe, very startup yes. mentality, you know, kind of, um, but it was fun. And, and I, I, you know, I attribute, like I said, that early work to being able to, you know, take that opportunity and actually roll with it. And being comfortable you know pair that up with all the years at hallmark and whatever else i was doing on the side i've always been kind of side hustling no matter mm-hmm. what it is that i've been you know working on or what job i had it was always oh i'm doing this other thing too you yes. know um but yeah hallmark almost 25 years wow. which was amazing started as just a An artist on the boards, Mm -hmm. you know, just doing greeting cards and then work my way up to, you know, a senior designer and then eventually a uh, art director kind of took over. And what what was great about that is that actually um, allowed me to um, understand the business side of the creative just as much as the creative, you know, Mm -hmm. because as an artist, you're just, you know, you get these requests and you say, okay, we need this, and we need it by this time, and it's got to be this format, whatever, um, just like any freelance would be. Um, Except now I was understanding why those things were being asked because I was understanding, okay, well, at retail, this is going up against these products that are already there, and these products are performing at this particular Percentage, mm-hmm. and we need this new product to do this. It needs to look different so that the offering is more well rounded. Um, understanding all those dynamics about what was going into it um, really helped me because I could understand why the changes and why those things were being asked of me before I became art director, which was, you know, you don't really have, you aren't privy to necessarily. Yeah. So, um and once again didn't realize how much that understanding would come to to help with further projects later on you know saying okay well yes looking good is great making this look cool or these colors or whatever or this style is important but it's also how are you speaking to the customer how is it Mm -hmm. what is it being you know going to be in company with at the retail space that you're doing and um that's all kind of come into play with all the other businesses that we pursued that's he- massive yeah it was pretty pretty huge you know and so that was a great opportunity to kind of grow um kind of work my way up to senior art director and then eventually they in the in the spirit of a lot of innovation that was happening in Kansas City Hallmark put together their own um form of an incubator in-house and Mm. they pulled about 18 of us through from the company and uh put us in this kind of exclusive area where we were developing new business opportunities for hallmark Um, and during that time uh, i had paired up with just a couple other people and we were developing a new concept that uh, hallmark could develop as a either a a fold into to the mothership or, to, you know, a uh, create a subsidiary or sell off to a third party. And that was kind of our charge in this incubator. Everybody mm-hmm. that was a part of it had to come up with these business opportunities that would be one of those three things. Mm-hmm. The one that I had developed was a, a pop-up strategy that was all about creativity and connecting through that creativity because Hallmark is an amazing creative yep. space. And um, I always thought it was under um, advertised on how much creativity is actually happening within that space. And so we were proposing saying, okay, well, we'll we'll pop up in like-minded areas across the country and open up these stores and sell product through, you know, creative connecting. And so um, I did that for the last almost three, three and a half years, I think of my career there uh, which taught me a lot of ropes about pop-ups, about startup business 101. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, they treated us like an uh, like an incubator would, where we had to kind of go through the different stages of seed. You know, you have your idea, and then you have to kind of proof of revenue, and the, you know, proof of concept, proof of revenue, and then, you know, you graduate onward, and you keep getting funding like you would. Yes. Um, the best part about it is I was still getting a salary, so it was like, less risky than it yes. was, but it was, it was like, it was like startup one-on-one from, for myself and these other people that were in this. And, um, that allowed me a lot of experience that fast forward to even now, or, you know, once I left Hallmark, um, I was able to apply some of those learnings and then start up things like So kc mm-hmm. um, and then eventually the collective, mm-hmm. uh, collective X, and then, and then now high tides. And so, um, I think it was great.
0: I love yeah. the uh, the idea that you're you know you're talking about how you learn the business side of things in yeah. the creative space. Yeah, that's something I think uh, a lot of the creatives, um, especially the young ones like myself, like I had to learn this yeah. on my own, kind of figuring it out um, from other guys similar to yourself who right. have been through it. Um, but I, I started learning it's more than just the images you're creating, especially when you're freelancing. You're almost selling results more right. than the the product or the video or the photo. Agreed. You're like, hey, this. Uh, I'm going to help you gain more leads, or I'm going to help you gain more revenue, but right. my strategy is through video content, right. or through this ad campaign, Right, and uh, that once that clicked for me, business made way more sense, yeah. and I was speaking the language of a businessman, or the owner of the shop, who just wants to hear, are you going to make me money, Right. are you going to help this place thrive, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, yes, they you, they want to see your work. They want to make sure you can do it and right. you have good images. So build your portfolio. Right. Um, but I think there's a, a big step and a, a big learning curve right there of just learning, oh, this is more than just creating beautiful images. There's business behind it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I think,
1: um, you know, I, I don't know. Art school is different for everybody, but I know um, I didn't get a lot of that at school. It wasn't until you get out there in that real life experience and you start freelancing and you're working with others. And unfortunately for with my situation at Hallmark, I was given sort of a, um, a you know, a, a scenario that was, I could apply that to a lot of things in the future, but um, I think there are a lot of artists that don't have that and they expect Whatever they're doing to be just accepted as is, or mm-hmm. they can't figure out why people aren't gravitating toward it. Toward it, and it's it's a much more complicated um, thing to that work because you're right. Like a business owner wants to know that their investment's going to to pay off in these ways with by using what it is that you're putting out there. I think as as a photographer or as an artist or whatever it might be, as a creative person, you have to um, be able to show how that will work for them, or be able to verbalize why this is going to connect with a customer. Or if you're you know you're a wedding photographer, why um, you, you you being hired for their wedding will actually help them capture the memories better than another photographer word would be able to do, or mm-hmm. um, I'm going to look for the moments that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's examples of how I've done that for other people and being able to show that and connect that
0: cell with evidence yep. of the talent. I mean, you're talking sales, like you're, you're marrying sales and creative work together. Yeah, I think you have to
1: be, you I have agree. to be, you know, always thinking about that because There's only a few people out there that can actually just, you know, do artwork and have no social contact in a gallery, buys their stuff and sells it for thousands. I mean, that's a I I don't know if that truly exists anymore, especially with social media and whatnot. But um, it's a rarity, even if it does. Um, I think for someone that is just starting out and wanting to, you know, earn a living and prove that they can you know, survive on this, on this Mm. trade. Yeah. You have to understand some of those basics up front and how to market in a way that, um, has substance, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, you, you, you can be a very talented artist and do, um, amazing work, but if you can't communicate why it's amazing or what it is that you're delivering or how you're connecting other people with that it's not much use to anybody other than maybe yourself or close in people that just admire what you're doing you know i mean it's absolutely you you, you, you're not necessarily going to make money from that um and it's hard because money and art it's
0: it's hard to it's hard to separate it's a hard it is you know you want to
1: you want to stay true to your craft you want to stay true to um the, the vision yes. and the inspiration and all those things. And, and, but at the same time, you're like, well, I also need to pay my rent. I need yep. to pay for my studio. I need to pay for supplies, equipment, you know, I need yep. to upgrade. I, you know, all those things are real. Yep. And so finding that balance is, 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 is can be very tricky.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, that's the advice right there is like, learn, also learn your craft, but also learn the sales, Yeah. understand the business behind it. And once you start piecing those things together, it's going to really set you apart yeah. and, or get you going. Um, but I, I kind of want to pivot cause yeah. now, I mean, we went through Hallmark and now I want to, yeah. s- how, how did you get started doing your own thing? Yeah. Getting in the crossroads, getting your own space. Yeah. Um, kind of walk me through that.
1: Yeah. So it was, a, yeah, it was kind of interesting. So, um, like I said, it was always kind of doing a side hustle while I was working at Hallmark. Uh, you know, I was doing some of that freelance for dollar shave club at the same time I was, you know, working there. So it was some crazy hours, but always having that hustler mentality. I think that's, it's good. You know, I think that's key to anybody that's willing to take the risk. You gotta be always hungry for the next thing.
0: Was it, so I want to ask, was yeah. that a scary risk to like, Hey, I'm going to leave Hallmark.
1: It was, it was less scary for me, more scary for my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Michelle, she, you know, we, we had kids that were that time in elementary school, grade school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're close to my daughter's almost graduating now, so it would be less scary now. But um, then it was like, okay, I've got a solid salary. I've mm-hmm. been there twenty five years, so it was it paid very well. Um, and the idea of leaving and starting some something completely unknown and not guaranteed yeah, um, it's risky. Absolutely. But uh, but you went for it. You said we're doing it. Yeah, it was one of those things where it was like. Uh, I felt like the experience I had had, especially in those last few years, plus a lot of the side things that I had been doing, you know, I felt like it was time. It was also, you know, I was at a point in my life just in general saying, okay, I want to, I don't want to only have done this, mm-hmm. you know, with my career. I want to, I want to do something else. And I, and the collective always had, I always had in the back of my mind, especially last five or six years at Hallmark, I, um, I realized really quickly. I think because I always felt like they under um, advertised how creative of a community they were. Um, be you know within the walls, um, I wanted a space that really highlighted that. Mm-hmm. I, I you know a studio that could was capable of doing amazing things, yep. but then also if you happened to come in, you could talk with those individuals or see them in the process of that creative process, mm-hmm. um, and, um, maybe even learn or realize, Hey, these people could help me with mm-hmm. a challenge that I have. I have a creative need and, yep. you know, now this person could meet that need or, you know, even just have a, a conversation that might spark something within them that might make them, want to go out and try something you know yes. we've we've had people come in and just say i i don't know what's going on here exactly but it's definitely creative and i want to be here i bring my sketchbook and i just feel like i need to draw and it's yeah. like even if it's just that that inspiration or that fire mm-hmm. that's great yep like
0: that was me yeah yeah I and like, i think that's, that's cool. it
1: yeah and i think not every not not everybody's wired that way right like, yeah no. totally. but um what's cool about it is when you are and you you can see what's going on, um, yeah. You it just it's like okay, I got to know more, which yes. is cool. So
0: that's all, so you are one. What was what was kind of the business model going into, or or maybe even fast tracking it to? You brought a ton of creatives in, yeah. And it's like why did you bring all these creatives in?
1: Well, so a little bit before that, so when I was like I said we're doing the side hustle mm-hmm. at Hallmark my last couple of years, Mich- Michelle was starting up her own little brand, So Casey, mm-hmm. um, doing just localized product out of the basement. Yep. I mean, it was out of our basement. It was literally, you know, a Saturday she'd have like what she called a trunk show yep. and have all these strangers come in and buy stuff. And it was, you know, I'd, I'd be like, so <laughs> we joke about it because there was, I think one time I didn't know she was having a sale and I it was like a Saturday morning and I, the doorbell rang and I, I in mean, my boxer shorts and a let's t-shirt go. and there's these like three or four women ready to go shop our basement. I'm like, uh, top, <laughs> top of the morning to y'all. Yeah. Welcome what's, in. What's, what's happening here? <laughs> but, uh, but that was it. That was yeah. like, that was the, you know, when you talk about the raw, like start yep. startup, you know, you start at the bottom and work your way up. So we That's were, awesome. we, we, um, had that going. And I saw potential in that, um, especially at that time. I felt like Kansas City product was, um, it was good. There was companies that were established, like Charlie Hustle yep. was doing great stuff. I remember um, that. Yeah, Chase, is, he's always done amazing stuff there. Um, but there wasn't a lot of fashion forward stuff at the time, for especially for women, um, that was sensitive to the actual cuts. It was just like a lot of like, Straight box T-shirts and straight mm-hmm. box sweatshirts, and putting the logo on it, and there you go—that yep. you've got your Kansas City product. Um, so we saw, I saw, sort of this low-hanging fruit opportunity of we could come in with really nicely designed Kansas City graphics, which I could do, mm-hmm. and pair that up with Fashion Forward, and so KC had this opportunity. So we, you know, came out of you know, a full-time position and went right into so KC as the opportunity to mm. then potentially build this bigger idea of the collective. So we did that for about a year, year and a half, two years almost, because even when we had the collective, it was just still like an empty space. We yep. had to build it out and kind of figure yep. out how we were going to utilize it and whatnot. Um, but in that time we were really building So KC up as this as this new brand and yep. eventually open we were doing Holiday shows, you know, started to expand our presence out in the marketplace. Eventually did a retail, uh, you know, shop within a shop uh, down on the plaza. And then um, eventually opened our own store. And all that led to the potential of then opening up The Collective. Cool. And, you know, that was really the big thing that we wanted to be able to because what what was cool about the collective was it was we were doing colla- collaborative things through So KC. we knew that um you know part of the KC community and and really celebrating it was working with other great people in in the area right there's a lot of talent in Kansas City so we were starting to do that already working with people that could knit or make jewelry or um you know, amazing photographers. Yeah. You know all these different things. For what, so Casey needed it, and so we mm-hmm. knew that that collaborative process was a really sweet spot. Like Smart. we felt like the the best work we did was when we were collaborating. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's got good. we got outside of our comfort zone, and by working together, we were pushing each other in directions that neither party knew what the result was going to the end result was going to be necessarily, but it was always surprisingly better than what we thought That's it could cool. be, which was great. And that was really where the concept and even the name Collective X um, came from. Hmm. It was that crossing past um, EX is, you know, if you look up the Latin um, you know, translation, it's it's out of. And so the the, you know, the the idea of crossing paths and what comes out of that was really why we called it collective X. and so um that time I was saying okay well what are the 10 well you know we I I was kind of coming up with what are the things that make a creative person fantastic or what is what is a you know if you if you're a hustler mentality what's really driving that and I Mm -hmm. came up with like 10 things that just kept coming up over and over again. Interesting. Which was, you know, I don't normally share We never really shared this. It was a more of a thing as a guideline for myself at saying, okay, well, who am I looking for? Who are, what are the right types of people? Because I knew there was levels of different creative people out there. You know, there's some people that are more of a hobbyist level you know, and, and that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but mm, they just, they're, they're content doing some of the same things over and over again and they perfect that. But then there's also that certain someone that just is never quite satisfied and they're always um, pushing themselves and looking for new things. I mean, you definitely fit that bill at the time. And so um, we were looking for people like that. um, And I was like, okay, well, so what, what is it about those people that really stand out or what is the core elements of, of that type of person? And it was things like, um, you know, reflection like that was one of the things that kept coming like well they're looking at themselves they're they're asking themselves where they've been and where they want to go and can they see what they're doing and how to build upon that and so Mm -hmm. I would write that down and then there was another one with traction say okay well traction means that you're you're building on a foundation that you're putting in place and being able to move forward because you've got that foundation that's firm enough to build upon it's good so I kind of built all these these sort of Attributes mm-hmm. of what we were looking for, and it turned out to be about 10 things, which was interesting because the Roman numeral X is 10. Mm-hmm. And so it, that was another reason how we came up with Collective X. So Brilliant. it was like kind of all these things kind of just naturally came about as I was doing the sort of the side work on what Collective could be. And it, it was real easy once we had the space and actually had some. Desks and whatnot yes. for people to yep. sit at to I say remember. this is what we need to surround ourselves with. We need yep. to surround ourselves with people that are this particular caliber, this particular mindset, open to the collaborative process. Because once again, um, there's great, you know, community workspaces. We work and, you mm-hmm. know, when they're out there and they're amazing, but that's not what we were, we were setting out to do. We wanted to do something different. We wanted the requirement of the studio to be collaborative yes like and and hopefully yield those amazing results that we had seen previous with our collaboration yeah.
0: so and i and for the the listeners and people you know the, to give some context collective x uh, when i joined or came in or saw yeah. it um it was basically um it was a coffee shop at the time like you guys partnered yeah. you had a coffee shop in there which helped a ton i think drive people in yeah. um but then also in the back there was like this this walled off space. Base and if you go into high ties today the walls are still there yeah. um, but it's just changed on the inside and yeah. so there's this big um table or like a set of desks that were all in the middle and all these like heavy hitter creatives in kansas city mm-hmm. would be sitting there editing working talking collaborating going back and forth hey let's do this let's shoot this mm-hmm. um and so i just remember as a young young gun in the beginning i'm yep. not really sure i was very intimidated by these guys yeah but a lot of them just took me in They're like hey yeah. let me show you this yeah. hey come come walk over here like i'm gonna show you how to do this on the camera. Um, exactly. It's always one of those people, Alexander Bloom, yeah, uh, David Sons. Like, yeah, we're talking some heavy hitter people. Yeah. Um, and so it was just really cool to to kind of be a part of that. And yeah. I love how you set it up. Um, I kind of want to fast forward into sure. um, High Tides when High Tides like launch came out. Um, I want to say that was right before COVID. Is that true?
1: No, it was actually after. Okay, so yeah, it kind of a good lead in. Um, so you know we had things going like you mentioned mm-hmm. it was it was going great we we're doing a lot of work um the this the way the studio worked was you know we get a client that would come in maybe for a cup of coffee at the time it was a con uh, concept shop uh for thou may because we were i was doing a lot of their branding work yeah. for their bags and some other merch and whatnot and so they had to move out of their current space on 18th and so we said well why don't you move in with us we'll do a new concept because we can't be what that was down the street but we can come up with this new idea and kind of got that set up and then COVID hit which was unfortunate and and they had to make some hard decisions we had to make some hard decisions and they left Mm -hmm. and during COVID we you know you mentioned pivot earlier but it's like yeah we had to really kind of think through what it was that we were going to do because at that time all the client work yeah. all the retail spaces everything that we had going obviously stopped as yes. it did for everybody else yes. um and we we turned the whole studio into mask making yeah um which was uh, kind of on a just a weird tip we we had a doctor that was local that reached out to us um, saying hey their stu- their their office was out of masks yep. and this was before anybody knew that no one could get any masks yes so they were they were like hey can you help us out we've got a, we need about 20 of them we know that you guys have sewing equipment and we said well maybe yeah. because we were we started thinking about the legal ramifications of like what we put out there and how uh, would that yeah. be? You know, like we don't want to claim that we're something that was not actually, yeah. you know, and, um, but then they said, well, Hey, the public doesn't know this yet, but the CDC has just given the offices a, a template of a mask. No way. And so we immediately got that template and we had the specs of what was the CDC compliant no way. And it was a it was a total early tip. So I literally went around everywhere I could and on every website, but locally, every shop that I could get all the the supplies that you need, I bought every bit of it. Unbelievable. Every craft store, every – it was crazy. I feel bad. So if anybody's listening to this that tried to make masks when they – They're pri- too late. They, there was no materials because I got it. It was like one of those things what where I would like, but it was one of those things where we we're like, well, wait a minute. This is could be the opportunity that yes. could be something, you know, that gets us through the hump of this. No, you know, at that time, we didn't know how long things were going to last, right?
0: Yeah, this just, I remember, like, this was early COVID. This f- was yes. March. This was March. It just of, started. Yeah, it,
1: I mean, it was, it was early March that we got this tip, and mm-hmm. I think it was like March, I don't know, like 8th. 18th or something you know mid mid month that they started telling people you had to have a mask to go out and you know yep. and all the stuff and but then no one could get them yep. so we we had made these masks for this doctor's office I posted it just as sort of a well maybe we can sell some more and it was it went viral yeah and it went from like we had sold a few hundred masks to thousands And then we were getting letters from hospitals that were saying, hey, we've got the situation in New York and we're, you know, these people are wearing turtlenecks and they don't have masks and they're wearing these old, you know, masks that are filthy because they don't have anything else. And so Mm -hmm. can you help us? And so we quickly adopted a sort of buy one, give one program and, you know, figured out the price point. And for every mask that was being bought, we were being able to donate a mask. And so it turned into, and we stopped counting maybe at about 150,000 masks. But we, it was cool because we I You know, say
0: 150,000 masks?
1: Yes, yes. Out of that studio. And it was, it, was, it was bananas. But what was cool was we were hiring in anybody and everybody that was out of work. So cool. So, so like if you were a food industry person, you know, down the street. And they, they, they heard we were doing this. They came down and we hired them. And even if it was for, like, bagging masks all day or ironing or cutting fabric or cutting elastic or, you know, taking stuff to the post office, addressing stuff, you know, whatever it was, we had something that we could give to all these people. And, I mean, it was amazing. And um, it got some people through some really tough times, you know. Some some of the people were members of the collective and yeah. some of them weren't. And, um, yeah, yeah.
0: I think I remember seeing an article um that you guys did something for like the KCPD. Oh and, yeah. Like, I think there was I want to say like 5,000 masks yeah. for this this big parade or march yeah. or thing that
1: Yeah, they had a fallen officer oh. um and they had asked, you know, that was still at a time where masks were hard to get a hold yes. of yeah, and so they asked if we could do a specialized one and um we've got several very close friends that are police officers or mm-hmm. retired police officers and so and um this was at one of their stations yeah. so that they knew this person directly. And, yeah, wow. and we wanted to support that. So yeah, we busted out. Yeah. Crazy number. I forget what the number was. It was, but they were all, you know, they all had a blue yes, tribute line on it to, mm-hmm. sort of, which is symbolic for a fallen officer. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it was one of those amazing and humbling especially when i saw the photo of the parade it was just like it that was like wow that's that's really something and sad you know this is awful you know what happened but um yeah so there was things like that that came about um and then more on a positive note you know like other companies started reaching out Mm -hmm. they wanted to help or they wanted to um collaborate kendra scott um you know, pretty major jewelry company nationally. Um, They reached out to us and wanted to donate. They had all these wonderful scarves that they normally would sell that were very signature of their brand. And they donated, we made masks out of those scarves Mm -hmm. and then did it and sold them as a collaborative piece with Kendra Scott and So Casey. So yeah, there were several things like that. Um, other local businesses that partnered up. and
0: Well, I remember you guys were one of the very first companies to create a custom-looking mask yeah. that had, like, a design. Yeah. That could be a fashion piece. Right. Because I remember early on hearing, you know, something, some somewhere someone in the fashion world was going to say, hey, you guys are going to be shocked, but in, like, six months, mask, it's going to be a fashion piece. Yep. And everyone's like, no one is going to wear mask in six months because COVID's not going to last more than right. three weeks or whatever right. the, the lockdown was. Yep. And then you guys were doing it.
1: Yeah, before. we were. We were on it pretty quick. I mean, we had some requests from a few companies that were like, "Well, can we get our branding on this?" And so once we pursued that, we were like, "Well, we're doing this for other companies. Why? Why don't we just go ahead and do some Kansas City ones too? I don't see why these wouldn't. Yep. People wouldn't want to wear these. There's, there's so much into the K- Casey Pride, anyways. Like, yeah. let's." Let's put them out there, and they did really well. Awesome. Um, and then we did, you know, we started doing the same thing for other brands, and their logo repeated, and and that became a thing. Um, it was interesting how how wild it spiraled. It was one of those things where, at first, you're like, "Wow, this is really amazing. We're gonna we're gonna be okay." Yes. And then it wow. it became, like I remember Michelle at one point had her phone on. And it was like you would hear an occasional ding of a sail, right, uh-huh. coming through. And we were like, oh, my gosh, I know this, this is great. And then it got to a point where it was happening so much. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. Yeah. Like, it would be like ding, 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 ding. And, oh and then it got to be like, oh, my God, how are we going to do all these? Like, this, it was to a point where you get on there. You hear all these dings, and you get on on the actual square site, and uh-huh. you're like, oh my Lord, we can't make these fast enough. And so, um, yeah, you had to get creative with that too. So we set up the whole shop. We turned it into assembly line. Um, but what's interesting about that is that we had previous, previous experience doing something similar years back with a clothing company that we had, Michelle and I had tried. It was a kid's clothing company and we Mm -hmm. had done a flash sale site with a company called Zulily. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that experience and how we had to set up for that ended up coming into play for this mass this thing. This is a
0: reoccurring theme. That I think like it, things happen and like you don't understand or see it yet, but then you have the opportunity pops up and absolutely. you're able to pivot. Absolutely. And then the pivoting turns into okay, I've been here before. I've gone through the hard work. I know this. Yep. I put in the time. Now it's like time to execute Absolutely. at the best level, and that that's what
1: you, you you mentioned the the fear in like taking a big step, yeah. you know, leaving a big you know a corporate job for to to pursue your um, your own thing. That that's the same thing in this situation. The more you understand your own capabilities, yeah, and what where you've been and what you've actually done, and 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 not lose track of that, the more you can go into these newer situations and pivot or whatever it is you have to do or the new challenge whatever that might be you can go into it and be completely i mean i don't want to say fearless because mm. that's ridiculous there's always a little bit of an element of the unknown that can be scary but not as fearful yeah. um because you know you're basing it off of true experience, experience that yeah. is that is yours you know it's it's 100% yours and um, that was the case for us we were like let's go we know how to do this we can we can make this happen and and it did and it saved our business and actually then because of the unfortunate situation of now having this shell of a coffee shop that's where high tides came along we hit it because this is where i wanted to pivot into yeah
0: uh, and we got a little bit of time left so i want you to go into high tides yeah why you created it the way that you did this is a such a unique coffee shop and i I hope that anyone listening can go check it out if you haven't been to it yeah, already. I should it's fun? It's it is such a cool place. So thank you. Yeah, kind of go into why you you chose High Tides the name, yep. why you kind of went into the the design of it. Sure, I know you guys do some crazy drinks and, and experiment a ton. Yeah. It's super fun. Yeah, so yeah, kind of go into it a little bit.
1: Yeah, so high tides. You know, when we said okay, we've got this shell of a coffee shop. We knew that the coffee shop is a good idea for a studio because it it is a conduit for creative conversations. Whether you're a creative person coming in, meeting somebody else over a cup of coffee. Or if somebody in the studio is utilizing the studio and wants to meet with a client, whatever the case may be, coffee shop's a great way to bridge all that. Um, plus, just meet new people in general. Mm-hmm. you know. So that was always the intention of that, being a part of the collective. But um, High Tides as a theme, we wanted to create something that, one, we were personally passionate about. We personally have been to Hawaii about, Oh, I don't know, six or seven times now. Um, you know, several of the islands, and love it, and super inspired by the culture and the creativity that's there, the artwork, the symbolisms. I've been fascinated by the whole culture since I was little, um, and so that was kind of a fun idea to play off of. And say, okay, well, what if we did a coffee shop that was themed like that? And the more we pursued it, the more we looked at the possibilities and ideas of recipes and what inspired us and what would we want. It just became easier and easier to, to put it together. And Mm -hmm. so as I was doing the branding and thinking about the layout and the style of it and so forth, and, you know, trying to do it all tastefully um, and, and show that inspiration um, it just made more and more sense and quickly became uh, a, a concept where you say, okay, not only is it about a coffee shop, which a lot of people use a coffee shop as a way to get away from their office mm-hmm. or a moment to just escape from the day. We mm-hmm. were saying, okay, well, let's play that up even more. And as we were talking earlier, like the idea of just escapism, whether it's either for five minutes or yep. two hours with families and friends or whatever, um, it that's a really needed thing when you talk about, all the stresses and what your daily life includes now um especially post-covid like yep. um we we all need that escape and and it was at a time when people weren't traveling as much yep. you know travel had really died down and so when we opened it was kind of like okay well you can't go to hawaii right now they've literally closed the islands but you could come to high tides and get a little taste of it yeah. and um so so yeah it was a it was a Easy thing to kind of concept around and really build but the um the fun part was as we started to think about the recipes and how we wanted to do it we we were clearly saying okay well not everybody's going to be about the theme necessarily some people are just going to come in and want a really good cup of coffee Mm. or a really good latte or whatever so we need to focus in on partnering up with companies that do a really good job with that so um, in the same spirit as the collective collaboration right so we're saying okay some of the best things that we do on the creative visual side with the collective studio is when it's collaborative why wouldn't we adopt that same principle into the high tides concept and so we went after say okay we want to serve donuts but we don't need to be a donut maker. We can go to someone who excels in making donuts, and we went to Donutology. Pitched the idea, yep. they bought into it, and that's the base donut that we use. We use their donut, and then we top it with our own recipes on top of that really delicious base donut. It's and, amazing, and I love that. and it fits the theme. And same thing with the bagels, Masuga Bagels. They're the best bagel company in town, and. Um, we love we're you know big fans of them and so we went to them with the same concept. Um, Marcel is a coffee roaster. Uh, Christopher Oppenheim who's been he was the former roaster of Thou Mayest. I met him through the work I had done with them and so we went to him for the coffee roasting because we said, who's better at this? Yeah. You know it's just like heavy hitters. Yeah, like you I said on the term. creative side is the same thing heavy hitters in the in this food industry. Yeah, you're it, making your dream team. Yeah. It That's was amazing. essentially just saying, you know, we 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 know who to go to, why wouldn't we go to them? You know. Yeah. And so we worked with Christopher on an exclusive roast that was a high tides roast and um he killed it and yeah. it's amazing and you know, we went in with just like you would on your photography or anybody else on their craft you, you we went in and bought the right equipment. Yep. You know, our machine is a is a Victorio Drino a lever system, which is a very old technology from the 40s, but it's a brand new machine. Mm-hmm. So it's a technology they haven't changed since the 1940s, and it pull, its claim is it pulls the perfect shot. So you pair that with Christopher's roast at Marcel mm-hmm. and his high-tie profiles, and with an amazing shot-pulling machine, it's, it's just moment. a winning... Yeah, so you go into it with like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna kill this at every detail we possibly can, and yeah. so that's how we've approached it. And you know, you put it out there, and you you hope to God that people are gonna love it, and mm-hmm. they did. And we were absolutely very, very fortunate, and we're very humbled by yes. it every day. And John, what, you've done it. It's been it's been amazing because you know you get what I love is the personal stories that come into it, where you get like a couple. When we first opened, they they dressed up. They were wearing their Aloha shirt and Aloha dress, and Fun. and they were – I think they even had flowers because they were going to go to Hawaii for their honeymoon and couldn't.
0: Oh, no way. So they
1: made a day out to high tides and spent three or four hours with us, and we treated them to stuff, and it was just this special – at that time they couldn't go. Yeah. Um we all also had older couples that were like, oh, this is our 25th anniversary. We got married in Hawaii and we wanted to come down to high tides and celebrate with you. And right. so I'm like, I didn't I didn't see any of that happening when we concepted that. Yeah. Like that's that's just the amazing part that's come out of it. Um and then since we've opened we've now, in order to try to give back and support the, you know, the Hawaiian culture, we are now sourcing um, ingredients from the islands. And we've got about a dozen companies that we source our granola, our honey, our teas, all from the islands. And in some cases it's, it's more expensive doing it that way, but it's important for us to know that we're helping the culture that we're you know inspired by we mm-hmm. should be giving back and helping those businesses thrive as well, so it's been really cool, and we've got to know those companies and so once again, it's now becoming this really great ecosystem of like oh Hawaiian companies, and we didn't we wouldn't have connected with them up, but this coffee shop's allowed us and mm. now we're working with these great vendors locally that's amazing and it's it's just been a really amazing um You know, humbling experience. Yeah.
0: Yo, if you have not been to High Tides, go check it out. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Yeah. This is the shout out to High Tides. You got (laughs) to go check it out. Yeah. Um, I, my, my drink of choice, I'm going to shout it out is the, uh, the detox on the rocks. Oh, yeah. Is that still one? yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Okay. That's a Go standard. check it out. It's is so good. Activated
1: it, charcoal over your choice of milk.
0: Changes the game. Um, it's so
1: good. So. And it's good for you too, actually. Yeah. Johnny, yeah.
0: thank you so much for yeah, coming uh, on. Uh, yeah. I, I hope, pleasure. I hope everyone kind of got something from it. Go check out high tides. Is there anywhere else that people can reach you or if they want to check out your story or. Yeah. I would um, say just,
1: you know, Instagram is our. Is our go to cool. where, where we share the most stuff. Um, Spelt high tides. How does it spell? H I T I D E S cool. Coffee um, and and then collective dot e x. Cool. So if you're on um, Insta, those are the addresses and that's where we post the most. So so Casey is going through some new stuff. We were yep. teasing that with you yep. a little bit earlier. Maybe we can talk about that at a future date. But got some new plans for that, and um, so that's been kind of sitting idle, but the the other two we we have them pretty updated pretty regularly so all right yeah. y'all you
0: heard it go check it yeah. out go check out high tides all right see you everyone all
1: right cheers